Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. After you've done a few deals, that email might be enough. You might just be able to send out the first email, notifying people of the deal and get 40% of the equity required in verbal commitments. And then after the conference call, and you send out the email, then you get the remaining 60%, and then you get an additional 50% on the waiting list. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off, and that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smart Move tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how Smart Move can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smart Move's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with Smart Move's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to TenantScreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School, and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode, and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com 
or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, best of listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I am your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air two podcast episodes every Wednesday and Thursday, and now we are doing videos as well, so you can watch these videos on YouTube, or you can listen to these episodes on iTunes, or any other podcast app that you're using. So these two podcast episodes are typically a part of a larger podcast series that focus on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy, and for the majority of these series, we offer some sort of documents spreadsheet, a template, something for you to download for free. All of these free documents, as well as the past Syndication School series, can be found at syndicationschool.com. This episode is part eight of an eight-part series. Yes, we've reached the end of the process for securing commitments from your passive investors. So if you haven't done so already, I highly recommend listening to parts one through seven, because this part may not make much sense if you haven't gotten that far yet. So as a refresher for those who have listened to it or to know what you're going to learn when you listen to those, in part one and two, we discussed step one of the five-step process for securing commitment from your passive investors, and that is to create the investment summary. In part three, we went to step two, which is to create the email to your investor database, introducing the deal. In parts four through seven, we went over step three, which is the eight-step process to a successful conference call. So once you've created your investment summary and you've sent that to your investors, you also want to have a conference call where you go over the deal in more detail as well as answer any questions your investors have. So that's step three. So in parts four, we went over parts one through five of that process. In part five, we went through parts six and seven of that process. And then in part six and seven, we went over the eighth and final step which is that Q&A session. In this episode, we're going to finish off the five-step process for how to secure commitments from your past investors, and that is going to be the follow-up. So once you've finished your conference call, if it's at 11 o'clock at night, then maybe you can do it in the morning, but as soon as possible, you want to prepare an email to send to all of your investors that includes a link to the conference call recording. So I've mentioned this on other episodes, but I'll just say it again really quickly. The email service we use is MailChimp. You can use whatever email service you want. You probably don't want to just make individual emails in Gmail because that's going to take a long time. But again, that's really up to you. And then the conference call software that we use is called freeconferencecall.com. It's free. You just go to freeconferencecall.com. You can get a call-in number. That's just the same call-in number all the time. So your investors don't have to remember a new number, and really neither do you. And it allows you to actually record the conference call, so you can download it after the call is over. And that's what you're going to want to use to send to your investors. Due to the scheduling issues, time zones, not every single investor is going to be able to attend the call, um, even if they are really interested in investing. So you don't want them to either not have the proper information to invest, Obviously, they don't, and they're probably not going to invest anyways. So a really good way is to send them the recording. Uh, heck, you might have people who, when they first send them the deal, were not interested or maybe didn't have the capital. So they missed a conference call, but then a week later, 
they won the lottery or something. They got money or they changed their mind and decided that they want to invest. Well, now they can just go back and listen to that recording rather than sending you all 30 of those Q&As plus maybe even more questions because they don't really have access to anything but the investment summary. So don't just send out the email to those who attended. Make sure you send it out to your entire email list. That way you're hitting all the people who couldn't make it because of either scheduling issues and they are interested or were interested but now are interested or might be interested in the future. Also in that email, you might want to go ahead and recap some of the main highlights from your initial email that you sent out in step number two. So you remember in the initial email to your investor database, you included a link to your investment summary and then provided three to five main selling points of the deal. So you want to reiterate those in the email to your investors that includes the link to the conference call. And then you also include any extra information about the deal that has come up between that first email and this email. So maybe you've gotten a inspection report back that came back clean. Maybe you've renegotiated the sale price down. Maybe you secured a low interest rate debt. If you don't have anything new, maybe you should include something about the market, but you always want to include new pieces of information each time you're contacting your investors. Although technically the conference call link is new, but as much new information as possible. The more new information, the better. And then you're also going to want to reiterate the process for funding the deal. So let investors who are interested know how they can actually invest. And typically that is that if they want to invest a certain amount of money, to email you that number, as well as if they're going to be investing as an individual or an entity. And then you can let them know that you're going to reserve a spot for them so that once you're ready to actually finalize the investment with the private placement memorandum, that they are going to obviously have a spot in the deal. So it's more of a first come first serve basis and less of a whoever invests the most amount of money. That's what we do. I guess technically you could do it based off of the money, but it's probably better to do it on a first come first serve basis. So after you've done a few deals, that email might be enough. You might just be able to send out the first email, notifying people the deal and get 40% of the equity required in verbal commitments. And then after the conference call, and you send out the email, then you get the remaining 60%, and then you get an additional 50% on the waiting list. But if you're just starting out, probably not going to be that easy. I mean, it could, but it probably won't be that easy. So you're going to have to do a little bit more following up than someone who's more experienced. So a few things you can do is after a few weeks, after setting out that new investment offering conference call link, the email we discussed, then you can send out another email to all the investors who haven't committed yet. So don't send out an email to people who have committed because it's going to be weird when you say, hey, you haven't committed yet. What's going on? Obviously, I'm not going to say it exactly like that, but MailChimp allows you to create segments. You're going to segment out all of the investors who have already committed and focus on the ones who have not. And then keep sending them emails with new piece of information about how great of a deal it is and how great the market is and how great the team is. Providing them with a new piece of information will reinforce that you yourself are confident in the deal. So examples are the appraisal came back above the contract price. So you've got all this free equity. Maybe you went ahead and did a more detailed rent cap analysis and found out that you can actually demand higher rents. Maybe the occupancy rate went up at the property over the past month. Maybe you discovered that the income was higher than it should have been or the expenses were lower than they first were. And also mention how much capital that you've got so far to kind of promote scarcity. So you can say that right now we're 60% full. So you get in while you still have the chance. And then essentially just continue to repeat this process over and over again until 
you've filled it up. And this is why you're talking to investors beforehand. So you should have an idea of how much money you can raise. And then that number needs to be greater than the amount of money you need to close on the deal. So you're not scrambling. Worst case scenario, you can reach out to another syndicator or another money raiser and have them help you. But ideally, you do it all yourself. But not ideally. It just depends on what you want to do. If you want to raise half the money yourself so you can do bigger deals and have other people help you raise the money, then that's perfectly fine as well. So that's step four, the follow-up. Lastly, step five is to finalize these investments with your investor. So all the ones who have committed verbally, that you need to sign some things and then send you their money. So once they have verbally committed, then you're going to want to add them to a separate list, maybe your money raising tracker that we've given away for free on syndication school. And you're going to want to send them these five or so documents in order to finalize the investment. Which also means you need to make these documents. And I'll explain what these documents are and who makes these documents. So first, I'm sure everyone knows what this is, the Private Placement Memorandum, the PPM. So the PPM is a legal document that highlights all the legal disclaimers for how the investor could lose money in the deal. So the PPM is there to protect you as the syndicator and your personal assets from your investors in the event of them losing a portion or all of their capital invested. It also gives your investors all of the potential risk factors included in the deal, whether or not each of these is likely to happen. So it's literally like page after page after page of every single risk that could happen, every single potential thing that could happen that would make the investors lose their capital. Generally, the PPM will be broken down into two major components. First, it'll be the introduction, which will include a summary of the offering, a description of the asset being purchased, the minimum and maximum investment amounts, key risks involved in the offering, and a disclosure on how the sponsor, aka the syndicator, makes their money. And then the second component is where it covers all of the risks and disclosures. So it includes information about the sponsor, the offering description, and literally a list of all of the risks associated with the offering. The PPM will also have instructions for how they can fund the deal, whether it's via check or via wiring. So that's instructions on how they can actually submit their capital to make sure that they are indeed investing in that deal. So your first PPM should be prepared by a securities and a real estate attorney. And then all of the future PPMs can probably just be created by your real estate attorney for each deal and just reviewed. So you don't need to make a brand new PPM for each deal. You just need to use your existing template and then essentially fill in the blanks. Because it, obviously it's going to be more expensive to make one new each time. Plus, it's going to be time consuming. Um, hence why it's more expensive. So that's number one, the PPM. And that's something you're going to send to your investors. Next is the operating agreement. So for each new apartment deal, Joe's company will form a new LLC. So then Joe's company is the general partner of that LLC. And then all of the passive investors buy shares of that LLC to become limited partners. So the operating agreement essentially just lists out the responsibilities as well as ownership percentages for the GP and for the LP. And usually this will just be included as an addendum to the PPM, or it might be separate. It really depends on how your attorney makes these documents, but you're going to have your real estate attorney prepare a new operating agreement for each property. And it's even better if you have your securities attorney review it at the end. So again, this could be a separate document or it could be included on the private placement memorandum. 
Number three is the subscription agreement. So the subscription agreement is a promise by your LLC to sell a specified number of shares to your investors at a specified price. And it is a promise by your investors to pay that price. So for example, you most likely be selling like $1 shares. So if you, so if you need to raise a you know, million dollars and you're selling a million shares, someone who's investing $50,000 will be buying 50,000 shares. And so the subscription agreement is saying, hey, we will sell you these 50,000 shares at $1 as long as you agree to pay $1 for each of those $50,000 shares. Again, this is something that you're going to want to have your real estate attorney create for each deal, as well as have your securities attorney review as well. And again, this might be an addendum to the PPM. So it might just be one long document that the PPM and all these other smaller documents are attached to that. Just so you're not sending your investors a bunch of different forms. Next is the accredited investor qualifier form. So this is required based off of whether you're doing the 506B or 506C. There are other offerings. I believe we've gone over this already before, like Regulation A, I think. But these two are the most common. So most likely, you're either selling private securities to your limited partners under Rule 506B or Rule 506C, with the key difference being that 506C allows you to actually advertise or solicit your deals to the public, where 506B offerings do not which means you get to rely on people that you already have a substantive pre-existing relationship. So if you're doing a 506C offering, then you must have a third-party service actually review the tax returns and bank statements and other financials of the investor in order to confirm their net worth. Or there needs to be some sort of a written confirmation from that person's broker, attorney, or certified accountant. If you're doing 506B, a third party is not required. So they can just self verify that they're accredited or sophisticated to say, hey, I'm accredited or hey, I'm sophisticated. So if you want to have a form that your investors can fill out to self-verify or if you're doing the 506B, then you can send them their own accredited investor qualifier form. But if you're doing 506C, then you need to do more than just that. Again, this is a form that you can have created by your securities attorney. And unless the accredited investor qualifications change, you can just keep it the same. And then lastly, again, this is like a requirement, but... If your investors don't want to have a check sent to their house every month or every quarter, then you can set them up on direct deposit. And that's something you want to do before you close. So you can send them a document that essentially allows them to fill out all the information that you need from them in order to set them up on direct deposit. So again, you're going to have your securities attorney and your real estate attorney create the PPM, the operating agreement, subscription agreement. And then you're going to want to send those to your actual investors. So this is when another email comes out. And this is, again, one where you want to segment out people that have not committed or are not investing and just send this to people that are investing. So at this point is where you want to actually make a list for that specific deal. So before, you are most likely sending out the new investment offering email, the conference call recording email, and any subsequent follow-up emails to your massive investor list. Whereas now you're at the point where you've got your commitments so people who are investing don't really care about what's going on with this deal. So you want to create a specific list for this deal. And this will be your first email to that list. So here's a sample email that we send out to our investors. And again, don't copy this exactly. Put it in your own words. Obviously, you're not going to use the emails and the deal name that we have in here. But again, these things are all supposed to be used as guides. Don't just copy things verbatim. I guess I can't stop you. So the title is Legal Docs Timing Plus Next Steps. The body is, you're a confirmed investor in this deal. We are sending out the PPM today for this deal. 
If you do not see it in your inbox, please check your spam folder or there is a good chance it is in there. Once completed, you will get an email that is from your company name. We use DocuSign. We include the email that should be the from. And the title of the email will be, please DocuSign, deal name, private placement memorandum, and then the individual's name or the entity name. When you receive that email, please review, sign, and complete via DocuSign. The funding instructions are on page one of the document. Once we receive your funds, you will receive a confirmation email approximately 24 to 48 hours after you send. That email of receipt of funds will come from this email address. We are looking forward to a successful partnership on this deal with you. If you have any questions in the meantime, feel free to reply to this email or call me at number Joe and the Ashcroft team. So again, once the PPMs are done on your end and you know when you're going to be sending them out, then you want to obviously have this email drafted beforehand and just click that send button once you're ready to go. Once the investor has actually signed and funded the deal, then they're locked in. But it's, that's really the only point they're actually locked in. You might want to have maybe a, hey, please do this within seven days or else you're going to lose your spot. Depending on if it's in the past, you've had trouble with investors actually funding the deal. It really just kind of depends on what you're comfortable with. And then once you get the money on hand, then it's time to close. So the three things you need to do between contract to close is one, secure your debt from a mortgage broker or a lender. Two, perform your due diligence. And then three, a secure commitment from your investors. We have done all three of those on the Syndication School podcast. So that concludes this episode as well as the series of how to secure commitments from your passive investors. Eight parts. We did it. So to listen to parts one through seven and to listen to the other syndication school series about the how-tos of apartment syndication and to download the free documents for this series as well as previous series visit syndicationschool.com thank you for listening and i will be back next week to talk about closing if you own a rental property transunion smart move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions don't put yourself at risk go to tenantscreening.com create a free account enter the code fairless at checkout for 25% off your next screening with TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.